Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Welcome back, Tiger fans. It's Before the Box Score. I'm your host, Nate Edwards, uh, coming off of a win, a glorious win against those nasty West Virginia Mountaineers. Um, what I've been trying to do this season is bring in an opposite perspective, someone who can shed some light on our opponent, give us some behind-the-curtain stuff that we might not know uh, as Tiger fans. Uh, I, I am disappointed to say that there are no CMO fans. I'm sorry, wait, there are no CMO fans who are willing to talk to me about their team. <laughs> so we're going to do the next best thing and bring in uh, Rockham contributor Ryan Fowler uh, to talk about what he's doing and our next opponent. Ryan, say hello to Rockham Nation. Rockham Nation, hello. How are you, Mr. Edwards? <sighs> I'm doing great, man. I'm really glad you're here. Um, we have had one uh, fascinating piece by you so far. Uh, so I don't think the people really know much about you. You're kind of our Batman uh, at this point. Um, <laughs> so, so, yeah. so let's let's take a second here. Ryan, tell us uh, your Mizzou story. How did you become a Tiger fan? Yeah, well, before that, thanks for having me on. I've been waiting uh, with bated breath for three weeks to be on the podcast. <laughs> and um, You're welcome. from what I hear, I owe a debt of gratitude to our Madame Editor, Karen Steger, for putting a good word for me. Well, um, yeah, she wouldn't stop, so I, I had to <laughs> buckle to her uh, to her whims, and uh, yeah, we'll see how you do, man. Yeah, all right. Well, thanks for having me again. Um, my Mizzou story. So, uh, lifelong Mizzou fan through a lot of the 
thick and thin of the of the 80s uh mm. growing up in st louis and then mm-hmm. went to school there from uh 98 2002 uh with the end of the larry smith era which was not a bad time to be a fan and then the start of the pinkle era so there you have it uh i've seen a lot of bad moments stuck with it i've seen some good moments so um uh, here we are. Here we are indeed. And uh, I guess we, we're just calling you kind of a, a freelance contributor right now. Um, as far as what you like to write about and what you, what you want to add to the team, what's, what's, your, what's your angle? What do you like to write about? Well, now I kind of do uh, – well, the first piece, I think the one you're referring to, was really a, uh, a topsy-turvy, manic-depressive, bipolar, uh, <laughs> worst-case scenario, best-case scenario for the season, right? Right, right. So hopefully it wasn't too harsh on a lot of people. <laughs> no, no, you, 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 you wrote it and then we promptly lost. So everything's great, man. Everything's great. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That wasn't the intention. But, <laughs> but uh, well, for now, I'm doing a weekly recap. It's kind of a uh, more of a non-Missouri-related content to kind of maybe give people a, an outside view of what happened outside of Faroe, outside of the Mizzou program. Mm-hmm. So I do that typically on Sundays, and then as the season goes along, hopefully it gets a little more exciting, uh, a little more uh, tantalizing. I hope to do uh, some other stuff. We'll see what happens. Excellent. So you are you are our gateway uh, to everything college football related outside of Mizzou, essentially, right? I am a gateway for non-Mizzou-related football content, yes. Great. Then you are the perfect person to talk about SEMO. All right. Um, <laughs> so SEMO, uh, located in Cape Girardeau, Missouri, um, they've had an interesting season so far. They, they've played two games, 1-1 against Southern Illinois, who just beat Massachusetts last week. Uh, and then they played the yeah, uh, right. number 13 Montana State Bobcats. Yeah, lost handily. Um, so I've been looking at the depth chart and looking at the stats for this team for our, our, the Red Hawks of SEMO. Uh, and I got to say, I'm not super impressed, but it is partially because they are an FCS team. Um, sure. And I really hate to be the guy who overlooks an opponent and then we promptly lose. But in, in, in that vein, to get and give some credit to our opponent, I guess for you, Ryan, is there anything that scares you about the Red Hawks of Southeast Missouri State? Uh, n- no, about them. Uh, well, I guess I'll take a step back. Sure. So uh, to kind of change gears a little bit, uh, and I'll kind of get into to your question, but um, are you for or against games like this? Well, I am absolutely for uh, playing FCS teams. Just uh, for <laughs> for the automatic win, or do you have another? Uh... Well, it's, it's, it's for the simple fact that I enjoy the sport of football. Sure. And I want as many people to enjoy the sport of football as I do. Um, and kind of these games, while one-sided, do provide a lot of the, um, the money for an athletic budget at these, at these small schools. And, um, you know, whether, whether football exists 20 years from now and, and some version or not is kind of up in the air. Uh, but if you want to continue to provide opportunities for people to play athletics, to get a, uh, a higher education degree um, and enjoy the sport and all the camaraderie and everything that comes with football itself, 
uh, then these games are, are an absolute necessity. Now, whether you want them to count as actual wins and losses, yeah. uh, I am willing to discuss a partial, you know, pre-game against uh, pre preseason game uh, that we can instill in college, where you can pay those teams to come up, have a live game, but not have it count. That's a different discussion. But we should uh, continue the ecosystem of FCS and have these big boys uh, basically pay for a, a blood donor to come up and get beat. <laughs> Yeah, I can kind of see that. But apparently now this might be a – it may have gone under my radar. It might be a new thing. But apparently now uh, if you're uh, a non-conference road opponent, you get paid by the home team. <laughs> yeah. So Wyoming paid Mizzou two hundred grand. Oh. Go figure, huh? That makes it a little better. I guess. <laughs> but, you know, the point being is that – and for the record, I, I can see it both ways – when I look at a game like this through a Mizzou lens, uh, I got to say, let's let's take it out of here. Um, the reason being is look for from from three points. One is the win. You probably agree with this. The win does nothing for your resume, right? Mm-hmm. The only like common denominator is every team in the FBS has a game like this on the schedule mm-hmm. for reason that you just just mentioned. Uh, two, in my opinion, they really don't do a whole lot for for your players. Correct. Uh, here's what I mean by that. So you know, before the, the new redshirt rules, I think the staff would circle games like this in order to give you know promising freshmen a shot to get their feet wet, right? Mm-hmm. But now you can do that any four games during the schedule that you want and still accomplish the same goal, and they get to keep their redshirt. Whereas before, if they went in that game, the, the redshirt is, is gone forever. And then three, you're shelling out money for, for a game that is probably not going to be well attended or, or well watched mm-hmm. and you're giving money away to that, to that other program. Mm-hmm. But when you flip that lens around and look at it, like you said, through SEMO eyes, I can totally get it. Yeah. So I guess we're at a, at a draw. <laughs> and it's, yeah, if you want to, if you are Mizzou centric, then um, it's, it's a win at a cost. Uh, yeah. Cause yeah, that's, that's another right. thing to think about, right? How many people are actually going to SEMO? You know, we, we pulled in 51,000 for West Virginia. Um, you know, this is this is a night game. So you can assume that the St. Louis, Kansas City crowd, you're only going to get the people who are going to be staying overnight, which is great for the local economy, but uh, it's probably going to weed out uh, some, some people who are going to be coming in, just spending on concessions and alcohol. Um, right, which was a big hit, I hear. That was a huge hit. I, it was a hit with me three times. Um <laughs> <laughs> so yeah i mean i get it it's it's maybe not as well attended but yeah you also want that win and i'd say that the people who who go to fcs games um are the ones with with smaller kids uh where you can bail at halftime if you need to or you can keep an eye on them and sure. not watch the game as close because you're not worried about it so i feel like this is the game where families show out the most uh, unfortunately this one's at 6 30 so you're getting close to bedtime there but um right yeah I don't know. I'm for it, and that's kind of where I stand unless I hear a really good argument against it. Yeah, I got you. And that was a, a tangent I kind of took you down. But uh, go back to your original question. Is there anything that scares me about the actual SEMO game or their team? Yeah. Uh, the team, no, you know, for obvious reasons. There's a huge talent gap mm-hmm. there, as there, as there should be, right? right. Um, what scares me is the timing of the game. The time the week before South Carolina, uh, yeah, right, mm-hmm. for obvious reasons. Like we, 
we have trouble with them as enough as it is playing them whenever it's going to be September, October. But I think you kind of have to worry about a bit of a letdown factor there. Okay. Uh, I think in my opinion, for me, I much rather have Mizzou be tested, you know, in some fashion, not, not a 45 point blowout. Um, you know, the week prior to what we probably think is going to be the most important, most pivotal game of the year. Right. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of, that's the one factor of this game that, that kind of scares me. I think, uh, Kelly Bryant probably shouldn't play more than, what do you think, a quarter and a half, right? <laughs> I agree. If he's throwing more than 20 passes, I'm concerned. Right. So for, for me, that I'm not going to call it complacency because I think Odom's too smart for all that. But um, I think just the natural gap in competition there and the ease of the win is something you kind of have to take into account given the, the timing of the game. Do you see any benefit – to Mizzou essentially having their starters play one to one and a half quarters and rest for almost two full weeks and probably practice for two full weeks against one of the most pivotal games on your schedule. Yeah, I think so. Um, I think at this point there's probably a few guys who are, who are a little more nicked up than we are led to believe that could use, mm -hmm. uh, use some rest. Um, you know, for, for me, I'd rather see uh, Taylor Powell play, you know, three and a half quarters. I agree. You know, so we know, or at least, uh, you know, and see what we got in a backup rather than, you know, trying to provide some distance and have Brian in there for, for two and a half quarters and you win by, I would rather, what I'm trying to say is I would rather win by 35 than win by 50 and have some you know, second, third, third string guys in there for a significant amount of time. They had the starters in there for three and a half quarters and have more of a, a style win. Agree. Agree. Because, I mean, it's, it's fun to score points, but um, sure. it's, it's, I'd, I'd rather they, they save it. <laughs> save it for the, the games that count. So Exactly. Yeah, I'm with you. Um, I guess in, in that vein, I mean, you, there is absolutely a quality here of, of the starters getting in. Uh, bypassing a, a feisty yet outgunned opponent um, and possibly being dragged into a situation where they're in there longer than needed, a la Missouri State 2017, or maybe the backups start kind of you know losing, losing control of the game and something weird happens. Uh, but outside of, of Missouri uh, doing themselves in with self-mistakes, uh, me as the stat guy, I have to ask, what, do you, what are some stats that you think would help Simo, uh, keep it close with Missouri. Well, I think the one thing you have to do is they have to be successful on third down, both on both sides of the ball. Mm -hmm. um, so that if they do that, they can probably make it a a halfway decent game, maybe going late into the second. Mm -hmm. When I say decent, I'm saying 21 points. Oh, right. So they can keep you know Mizzou in you know third and medium, third and longer types of situations, and then somehow keep Bryant in the pocket where he can't throw off the run, which is where he's looked more impressive, I think, so far this season. Mm -hmm. I think they have a, a decent chance to keep it at that type of game late in the first half. Uh, that's assuming, again, that Bryant's going to be in there for the whole entire first half. Yeah, And also assuming that Roundtree and, and Beatty don't go crazy <laughs> on the ground, right? Right. So if they... If they can do that defensively, they they definitely have a chance to keep it somewhat at a, a uh, 
a, a safe distance in terms of Mizzou not getting out of control. Uh, on the other side, they have to convert, I think, third downs with a little bit of regularity. I don't see that happening, mm-hmm. but that would be the, the key to their success offensively to keeping it you know, from getting out of hand. Uh, if they can, I'm not going to say they're going to work the ball down the field 80, 85 yards. That's just not going to, I don't see that taking place either. But they can chew some clock up, keep their defense rested on the sideline, maybe have a few drives in the neighborhood of you know seven to nine plays, play some of that field position game. Mm-hmm. Again, they have a chance to keep that maybe a 21-point lead going into halftime. All right. Well, it could happen. I don't, I, I'm with you. I don't think it does, but right. um, it, it certainly has the potential. You know, one of the things you see from an underdog mentality, it's like, yeah, what, what do you do? How is the underdog – uh, beat the heavily favored team, and really, it's it's fewer possessions, right? Wind down the tempo, make this a seven eight possession game rather than a 12, 13, 14 possession game. Because the longer a game goes, the more talented team is going to have more chances to use that talent against you. So go real slow, uh, make it a, a low possession game, capitalize mm-hmm. on a couple of turnovers, right? Get an explosive play here or there. Uh, sure. Stop them a couple times on offense and just keep it close, right? Make them make them start clinching up. Um, that's that's really that's kind of the recipe for uh, for taking down a heavy favorite like Missouri. And I uh, I, I don't I don't see it happening. I I, I just I really don't. Yeah. I, I I want to again. I want to couch myself and, and be careful with what I say, but I just don't see it. Um, I don't know how familiar. Have you taken a look at the roster, Simo, at all? Have you taken a look at any performance stats that Simo has had? And and if so, is there a particular player that stands out to you as someone who could be dangerous? Yeah, I haven't seen the whole entire too deep, but they do have um, a lot of good returning, experienced talent on both sides. Um, so it starts at quarterback. I hope I'm saying this last name, last name correctly. Uh, Daniel Santa Catarina. Beautiful. He's last a, name. a red, redshirt senior. Uh, real good experience. He started all 13 games last year, um, threw for almost 30 touchdowns, almost 3,000 yards. He was first team, you know, all, all conference. Uh, behind him at running back, uh, they're going to miss a guy named Marquis Terry, who was, I believe, the offensive player of the year in the Ohio, Ohio Valley Conference last year. Mm-hmm. But uh, his replacement is Geno Hess. He's ran the ball so uh, well so far this season in two games. Uh, and a wideout, they have a guy named uh, Christian Wilkerson. Yeah. It was another preseason all-conference selection. So they have good returning experience at all the right positions offensively. And then defensively, they have a, what you would say is a, an FCS star at all three levels. They have a tackle um, named, um, let's see, his name is escaping me right now, Clarence Thornton. I apologize for the delay yeah. there. No, uh, another preseason all-conference guy uh, at uh, at corner. They have by Darius Knighton, and then also at, at linebacker, a multi-year starter named Zach Hall, mm-hmm. who uh, was was uh, predicted to be the uh, all-conference defensive player of the year this year. So they have returning experience, good experience at all the right key spots uh, on both sides of the ball. Uh, now is that talent going to be enough to make a difference on Saturday? Uh, no, I don't think so. But I think what's going to happen is you'll see guys like that once Mizzou plays them, you'll see guy, all six of those guys will really make a difference in their season 
uh, and potentially lead them to a conference title. I think they're um, right now they're ranked number 16 in the FCS rankings, and they were uh, predicted to finish behind, I believe, Jacksonville State in their in their conference. So uh, I think uh, once this game is over on Saturday, uh, you'll you'll see those guys really make a difference in the rest of their season. Zach Hall is doing his best Kentrell Brothers impression. He is in two games, 29 tackles, two and a half tackles for loss and a sack. Um, yeah, that's pretty good. And even, you know, Clarence Thornton, they run a 3-4, and typically that means that the defensive line just kind of absorbs blocks. But even for, you know, a battleship-sized tackle, uh, Thornton already has five tackles and a tackle for a loss. So, yeah, that spine of the defense is really strong. It's just everybody around them is, like, mediocre. Uh, right. and certainly has not been as productive as I think uh, uh, head coach Tom Matukowicz would like them to be. Um, the only other thing that I really noticed just from uh, kind of churning through the roster here and looking at game stats is their kicker, uh, Kendrick Tiller. He kicked a, a field goal of 56 yards last week, <laughs> and um, <laughs> that's pretty dang good uh, for yes, a, for any level. So That's a lot of leg. It's, it's a lot. It's a lot. So if we get into a protracted field goal battle, uh, I will give a slight nod uh, to the Red Hawks because uh, it seems like he's pretty accurate and he's got a pretty good leg. Um, but I don't think it's going to come to that. So um, do you take Simo on a pregame kickoff? I do. I will. Uh, the the walk <laughs> off the bus and kick a field goal team goes the uh, to the Red Hawks. Right. Um, so obviously when you have a game like this, kind of like against West Virginia, there's not a whole lot that you can really learn uh, about your team, uh, about Missouri in particular, just because it's, you know, the guys show up, the starters play for, yeah, like you said, a quarter, maybe a quarter and a half, uh, and then a bunch of backups get to feast. So I guess from your standpoint, when when the game kicks off right at the 60-minute mark, what do you want to see from Missouri starters that would make you feel confident for all the rest of the season going forward, and particularly with South Carolina the next week? Well, I want to see them play like they're supposed to play, you know, against a team that's in the FCS, uh, which means you, you bury them in the first, you know, 20 minutes, and then you, you take your leave, right? Yeah. And then backups take over. Then eventually, maybe in the late in the second half, you have some, some third stringers, and you see what some freshmen are like. So, um Games like this are blowouts for a reason. There's a huge talent gap between the two programs, obviously. Um, and for for this to be a win that I'm comfortable with, that has to be apparent very quickly. You know, if not after the first quarter, then after the first 20, you know, 27 minutes. Yeah, I, yeah. I agree. It's got to be fast. You know, give me first drive. Give me a couple of uh, deep shots down the field that turn into touchdowns. Second drive, have you know Larry or Tyler uh, break a 30, 40-yarder or something like that. Uh, jump up 14 nothing in the first two possessions and then phew, just just coast, baby. <laughs> just take it easy. Sure. Yeah, and games like this are never about the starters. You know, that's, that's obvious, right? So um, games like this are, are meant to showcase what you have behind the starters, especially your third stringers, your, your freshmen who are – who showed promise in offseason camp? Who the staff is high on? Uh, kind of toss them in, see what they're what they're what they're made of. Although it might be, although they're freshmen, they're still playing against what could be considered you know inferior competition. But you still want to see how they how they handle mm-hmm. the the pace of the game, 
you know, the fact that it's a live game, stuff like that. And that's really what games like this are, are supposed to accomplish for a, a program like Missouri. Absolutely. And, and along those lines, um, are there any specific fresh, well, I mean, backups in general, but do you have any specific backups or specific freshmen that you would like to see uh, get some action on Saturday? Yeah, I think uh, I think a guy like Maurice Massey is going to see some time. Mm-hmm. He might play as many three as three quarters if they get up, you know, uh, large enough early on. Uh, a guy like uh, Martez Manuel at, at safety, I think, might see some action. Uh, I'm not really sure where Simi Bakari's been at so far. I thought he yeah. at least a handful of carries to to this point. Yeah, especially you know last week, but. Uh, we'll probably see some of him. I'd love to see uh, the freshman, uh, Anthony Watkins, mm-hmm. get in there. Mm-hmm. And a few other guys on defense, like uh, uh, an Isaiah McGuire a, uh, and Cameron Wilkins, guys like that. Absolutely. Yeah, and like we've seen uh, Nico Hea uh, actually in you know, with the ones, uh, but we've only seen him block. I'd like to see him go out for a couple passes. want to see how his hands are. Um, yeah, I agree. And I, I prefer him. I prefer to call him Nico. Hey, <laughs> jeez. Uh, all right. Yeah, we're yeah, we're rolling sorry. with it. I, I'm sorry, Nate. I had to. We're rolling with it. It's it's Nico. Hey, um, God <laughs> dang. Yeah, that that's it. Um, I've lost my train of thought. That was just so dang good. Um, oh, Thalen Robinson, yeah. just the the giant freshman. He's seen some uh, some snaps with the ones as well. Yeah. Uh, and I saw uh, Devin Nicholson, I think, uh, the other uh, single-digit defensive lineman that we have uh, yeah. out there. I saw him playing a little bit last week. That'd be good. Yeah, Simi Bakari, Anthony Watkins. Like, as much, as much as the coaching staff has raved about those two guys in particular, we saw Dawson Downing <laughs> as the third-string guy. And I love that. I love a walk-on making good. Um, but you'd kind of like to see, you know, the guys that you recruited um, be able to step up and and take that that third string, fourth string spot. Yeah, I don't see why you can't give Bakari and, and Watkins each at least, you know, ten touches on Saturday. Yeah, uh, certainly, certainly ten. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I'm with you on that. Yeah, Martez Manuel, I, I've heard enough about him uh, in camp. Stacy Brown, uh, it would be really nice too, just to know, see kind of what our corner mm-hmm. depth is going to be. Um, and then I don't know, like really when you look at this team, it still seems like defensive end is a little bit of a area of opportunity. If you want to phrase it a positive term, uh, and I like, I like to see some young guys get some experience because we need to push the starters, uh, nothing against Chris Turner, uh, but he's been here three years and I haven't seen anything yet really from him. And, you know, we got, uh, Torian Hansford, which is still sophomore, uh, like to see some pressure from the younger guys as well to to push and encourage that competition to get everybody better. Um, right. So yeah, I, I think that those are good. Those are good. I definitely want to see what the running backs can do. Um, so we <laughs> we do predictions. You know, we we certainly don't hold anybody to um, scores if you don't want to. Uh, you can obviously pick the score if you like. But um, is there a specific prediction that you have for this week's game? Well, uh, I totally crashed and burned on my pregame and prediction last week. <laughs> yeah. uh, I didn't, I didn't see that route coming at all. I thought uh, West Virginia would probably score at least twenty-one, if not more, on us. But mm-hmm. uh, wasn't surprised, right? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, this week, I'm gonna take somewhere in the neighborhood of maybe, uh, let's say, fifty-one to six. Woo! 
Woo, 51. I'll stay positive. I'll stay positive. I like it. That means uh, that means the freshman <laughs> backups are doing some work. I like that a lot. Um, all right. I like that prediction. My prediction is that uh, we get uh, at least one more sack out of the starters and a backup gets a interception and the, the sideline goes crazy. So those are those are my two minor predictions uh, for this week. So uh, Missouri SEMO, 6.30 at night for Oak Field. Uh, go if you'd like. Have a beer. Have several beers. They're very expensive. Boulevards. Uh, boulevards, yeah. They had Logboat, and they had Michelob, Michelob and Bud Light. And um, Yeah, I heard finding the boulevard tent was a, was a chore. Well, you looked for the giant line, and uh, it was somewhere around there. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's, it's it's a great place. I love the new south end zone. Um, I think Faro at night is a really cool place to be. So, you know, worst-case scenario, have a fun night, watch your team beat the hell out of another team, and uh, go home. So everything's there good. There you go. That's a full night. That's a full night. Uh, Ryan, thank you for joining tonight. Uh, no pre- problem. It's been my pleasure, sir. Yeah, I appreciate you jumping on. Uh, all of your insights for SEMO have been excellent, and I hope that they are all correct. Uh, but, yeah, we'll be, we'll be back next week. As always, we're going to try and be better. But until then, NYZ. See you.